2: Hello. Welcome to Marriage Helper Live. Pardon me. I've got a little bit of an allergy going on here. Dr. Joe Beam, welcome. This is a program where we talk with you and do our best to answer the questions that you have about relationships. And don't worry about my allergy. You know, it's kind of a tough time to wind up with an allergy that I get every single year. So I'm coughing and hacking and sneezing. And, of course, I'm trying to wonder, <laughs> am I going to, you know, just get past my allergy or is this going to be the beginning of the end for me? I hope and pray that it's just the allergy that I get every year at this time and we will get again in the fall. So please don't move away from your computer or your phone. <laughs> I, am, I am not contagious. I'm convinced. Welcome, as I said earlier, we at Marriage Helper Care, and we realize that people in marriages who are living together, maybe not because they want to right now, but because of the pandemic, may be having some difficulties communicating with each other. Our organization deals with relationships, human relationships, and so we can talk about things like parenting, we can talk about all kinds of things about relationships, but on this program, the majority of the callers are talking about marriages that are in trouble, and if that's your case and you wish to talk then feel free you can call us at 657-383-0812 now that's a united states number so the uh, initial would be a uh, initial number would be the number 1 again the telephone number is 657-383-0812 Now, when you hear the answer, press the number one, and that puts you into the queue to have your call screen, which hopefully will lead you to be on the air with me. Now, everybody out there who's already lined up waiting, and we're happy that you are, may I make this one request? Because we're having so many callers, and we have a limited amount of time, be as succinct as you can as you explain the situation that you're in and ask the question that uh, hopefully I can help you with. And so we ask that. So please try not to ramble if you can help it. Let's get to the point because we have so many people we'd like to help today if we can. Okay. And so first of all, we're going outside the United States. We're going to go over to India and speak to Sid. Hi, Sid. How are you?
3: Uh, Hi, Dr. Dean. Uh, I'm good. Thanks for taking my
2: call. Well, you're very welcome. How may I help you today, my friend?
3: So, Dr. Beam, uh, I've been married one year. Uh, We've been together seven years before that. And Mm -hmm. uh, we recently separated. So, March 4th is when we separated. It was out of the blue. She left me a letter uh, saying how unhappy she has been. Uh, I did notice she was slightly unhappy lately, but I attributed it to her mother having an accident recently. I didn't know the unhappiness was coming from my responses to our relationship. So we've been Mm -hmm. separated now for a little over a month, and Mm -hmm. uh, initially we were uh, meeting every day after the separation. We still talk on the phone every day because of the pandemic, uh, we're not able to meet. Uh, In the interim, I somehow accidentally discovered that when she had gone back to look after her mother, she ended up uh, cheating on me. I don't know the extent, is it just an emotional affair or what level that affair is, but uh, So she has never, uh, uh, you know, told me anything about this. And uh, since we are still talking right now, we, uh, you know, have uh, at least half an hour every day we're on the phone. So I was just wondering whether it will be a good thing or a bad thing if I were to bring up me discovering about this affair. Because on one hand, I want to tell her that it really hurts me and if she can end it. But on the other hand, recognizing the affair itself might go against, you know, us, the level of communication we have right now. And then I'll have to recognize that this affair exists and act accordingly.
2: Okay. uh, Some of that broke up a little bit, Sid. So let me ask you a question, if I may. What do you expect? How do you you anticipate that she would react if you bring it up? What do you think she will do?
3: Well, uh, I feel... She may deny it, but if I were to give her the proof that I have and after that she may say, yes, it happened, but I I was unhappy. I was already mentally, I had checked out from the marriage and uh, so it happened, but it doesn't mean that that is the reason it happened. So she will not take the, she will not understand that the limerence that she is going through is causing her to rewrite the history with us and it's causing her to recognize that she was much more unhappy than she actually was. So, Probably will mm-hmm. go
2: that way, so do you think then if you if you let her know that you know and and she responds to that, do you mm-hmm. think that increases the likelihood that you could put your marriage back together or decreases the likelihood? Which one do you think
3: Well, I'm confused about this because I feel that if there is a chance if I bring it up, I may convince her to end it if, if this has not been going on for too long, I know so. And I know it's a rebound affair. It's, it's not something that, you know, she planned on having. Uh, but yes, in case I have to recognize that I know about it and then in our conversation, it comes up and then I'll become the second guy in the in our relationship.
2: Okay. And so if you're going to put some percentages on that, what, what are the odds that she'll react in a way that you want her to and what are the odds that she'll react differently than you want her to?
3: Well, I'm very confused. As for me, it's uh, 50-50. Yeah, I realize was, it's a gift. I understand. And, yeah, she's not told her family about this as well. So she's a uh, staunch Christian, and I believe that her uh, beliefs, something that she's done its totally against her beliefs and values. She's a very nice mm-hmm. person, and I would never in my life imagine she could do something like this. I recognize that she became vulnerable because of the problem in our relationship, and that's what led this uh, to happen. But I, I don't know, like, right now. So this is one thing I'm very confused about. I, I'm working on my pies. I'm doing the other stuff that you guys have been suggesting. But uh, I don't Good. know, like, the next step whether, whether I should bring it up or not, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, let me just give you the pros and cons here, said so to think about if you don't mind. One is this. The con, I'm going to start with the cons. The cons, often we see that when a spouse does bring it up and the other spouse is kind of caught off guard about it, most of the time their reaction is not very positive. In other words, it it becomes defensive. It's all according to how you do it. If you're going to bring it up, if it sounds to her in any shape, fashion, or form as if you are attacking her, accusing her, um, blaming her, many things like that. Then the most likely response, at least this is the one we see most commonly, is that she will wind up just defending herself and, and rather than hearing what you really have to say. Now, the other part of it is we have yes. seen, we have actually seen on occasion when people bring it up, if they bring it up, primarily speaking from their own reference. In other words, what I mean by that is rather than mm-hmm. saying, this is what you're doing, instead you, you say, let me tell you how I'm feeling it's less likely that the person will become defensive truly is in limerence logic probably isn't going to have much effect and it's not unusual said that when a person is in a limerent relationship that they wind up doing things that are contradictory actually contradictory to their beliefs and values that's not unusual at all and so you have basically two mm-hmm. options here my friend one is you keep working on yourself, becoming the best you that you can be and, and hang on because limerence does have a shelf life. It's not going to last forever. The other is if you feel, no, I really need to do something about it. I need to bring it up. Then be aware of the fact that by bringing it up rather than making things better, there is a possibility that you Mm -hmm. can actually make things worse. Now, if you're willing to take that risk, I mean, if you, if you understand, okay, it's not a surefire positive thing. If I do this, as a matter of fact, it might be negative. It might lead her to, to move further away from me. If, if you understand that before you do it and do it where that you come across talking about what you feel rather than what she's doing, then you've got a chance. The one thing I'm a little hesitant about is you think, you say, I think I can convince her be careful that as you sound like a very logical man, you sound like a very intelligent man be careful that as you use Mm -hmm. your logic and intelligence that she doesn't feel that you're trying to manipulate or control her. Because if she feels that way, then she's more likely to react negatively. Sin, I wish, I truly wish I had a clear-cut answer like yes or no. But there's so many variables going on here that you just have to consider the variables and then make your decision based on what risk you're willing to take or how much pain you're willing to deal with. I feel like I'm not helping you, my friend. I'm getting sure. you too many things to consider.
3: No, it's not that not Actually, the reason I'm confused is because everything else I've tried, like talking her into counseling, anything else, she doesn't want it. You know, she mm-hmm. – and it's totally unlike her. Like even before our marriage, she was the one who suggested counseling in the first place that we should get premarital counseling. And right now mm-hmm. when we're separating, she's like, no, I don't want to change my decision, and I get influenced very – Easily, and I know that you know I have taken this decision over a long time, and so Mm since that is not happening, and the issue being put is being put on the general unhappiness and exaggerated as Mm -hmm. that. So I feel that if if this was to come to the table, uh, probably you know we could start talking about it. But you're right, it's a it's a risk, and uh, I cannot Mm -hmm. really afford risks right now because because we are very good in our communication right now so we talk every day as soon as the pandemic is lifted I'm sure we'll meet as well so I don't want that to go off the table you know that's my only chance at making this relationship work
2: Gotcha. Well, Sid, my heart is with you. You sound like a really, really sharp guy. You said a a moment ago that she is a good woman. Based on just this brief conversation with you, I believe that you're a good man. I hope that you get the wisdom that you need on this. I wish there was a clear cut answer I could give you, but all I can do is kind of give you ideas about, you know, what may happen if you do this and what may happen if you do that. May you be wise, young man. May you be wise. And then we're going to go to the United States and we're going to go to Wisconsin and talk to Roxanne. Hi, Roxanne. How are you today?
3: Hi, Dr. Gildeen.
2: How are you, Roxanne?
4: I have been better.
2: I am so sorry. I won't how lie. may I help you?
4: Um, my husband started an affair at the end of January, um, as far as I can tell. Um, I found his phone. I was having dreams, like, singing in my head, and I was like, what is going on? And Mm. something just said, you know, check his phone, and I did, and there were emails from a woman in Florida. They had met two weeks prior online on this app, and I was like, what's going on? And he grabbed his phone, and he moved out that day.
5: Mm -hmm.
4: Um, He left. Um, I contacted her husband and let her husband know what was going on. And so now my husband has been gone out of our home for two months. Mm -hmm. Um, He expresses guilt. He says, you know, I'm so sorry for everything, everything that I'm putting you and the kids through. Um, But there's no remorse there. It's just guilt. But now her husband has also left their home. So it's just her Mm -hmm. and her children in her home. And now my husband is in his apartment and a different city, but they're still away from each other across the country. Mm-hmm. My question is, they, they went into limerence really fast. And with him expressing all this guilt, I'm wondering, you know, if there's no barriers for them being with each other in the way that they have been, aside from the miles. But, you know, it's always been electronic communications with them because my husband doesn't like speaking verbally to people. So I'm wondering if this will help the limerence burn out quicker.
2: Possibly. Now, the fact that uh, they went into it really fast is also a likelihood that it's going to end quicker. Now, it's not a a hard and fast fact. I can't guarantee it. I can't tell you because they go in that really, really fast that they're going to come out really, really fast. So I can't guarantee that. But based on the couples that I've worked with and what I've seen, the people that go into it really rapidly, I mean really fast, tend not to be in it long. Now. I hope that's the case with your husband, but again, I can't promise you that, understand, but that's usually the case if they go in really fast. When Limerick ends, it typically ends in one of three ways, okay, and one of those ways is that they wind up actually together. Now, in one sense, because of the fact that her husband's moved out and he's moved out from you, yes, that has removed some obstacles, but I don't know that they're still going to view that as being together. Now they may, they may not. I don't know your husband. I don't know that woman. But when they finally wind up together, actually together, limerence begins to go away. If you look at it from just the standpoint of, of nature, okay, uh, I, I actually am a believer in God, but I'm going to speak in terms of nature now. Limerence, based on the work of the biological anthropologist who does the most work on this, Helen Fisher, it's designed and it doesn't happen to everybody, but when it does occur, it pulls people together, but it was never meant to keep people together. Therefore, from a biological, anthropological standpoint, nature, if you will, that the way it works is that once they're together, it has to begin to fade because it becomes counterproductive. Because when people are in limerence, they tend to operate with a lot of fear. I'm afraid the other person's not going to wind up with them. They operate with a lot of obsessive, obsessive thinking and et cetera. And so it's counterproductive that limers continues after a couple actually winds up together. And that's why it really does begin to fade once they truly are together. Another way it ends, of course, is if one person stops, in other words, he or she does not reciprocate to the other. And so when you say, okay, can it stop faster when they're together? The answer is yes, absolutely. The question becomes here, Roxanne, do they really think of themselves now as being together? So actually if I were looking at it, I would put more, now, uh, to of the fact that it happened so fast, if it happened that fast, the odds are that it doesn't last as long. Like, like I said, i already told you, I can't guarantee that, but that's the odds. I have one question for you, Roxanne. What did you hope to accomplish by contacting the woman's husband?
4: Um, I just wanted to let him know. I mean, you know, I was blindsided and I don't think mm-hmm. any spouse should ever go through that. I'm sorry. I'm getting worked up here. It's, it's just, okay. You know, I don't,
2: and then, you, I'm sure you hurt, and I, my my heart is with you. I'm so sorry for the pain. And so was it the fact that uh, you were actually in some way trying to fight back by contacting him?
4: It was, he needed to know. Okay. You know, he needed and, to know. if If my husband was doing that to me and I didn't know, I would hope somebody would let me know.
2: Well, and and you certainly have the right to to do that. I was just very curious as to what you felt that it would accomplish in terms of of putting your marriage back together.
4: Um, I I was very angry that night. I mean, you know, there's just, you know, he walked out the door.
2: Mm -hmm. I don't blame you for being angry. I don't blame you for being hurt. (laughs) I am so terribly sorry for your pain. I really am. Our recommendation is this, my friend, Roxanne, do the best you can to become the best Roxanne you can be. And hopefully what will happen is this relationship will fall apart pretty quickly. Now, understand, even if it does, even if it does relatively soon come to an end, it does not necessarily mean that he's instantly going to come back to you. What leads a person back, once they've been in a limited relationship, what leads a person back is that you become the best you can be? That's why we talk about the pies—the physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual. It's why we talk about you becoming the safe place. All those things that we teach repeatedly, because when that ends, that ends. If he's going to come back toward you, then he's going to have to re- view, perceive, believe, think that being with you is better than being alone. And that's why we recommend that you do as little as possible that's negative. Although sometimes things have to happen that are negative and you have to do them. I get it. But, but do as little as you can and do as much as you can to become the best you so that when this thing does end, that rather than him going on his merry way, because he's convinced himself, it's bad to be with you that he turns around and looks at you and goes, wow, Roxanne is even better than Roxanne used to be. And that's what I want. I want to go to that. Okay. All right. So now we're going to go to Illinois and we're going to go to, is it, is it Celine? Is that how you pronounce your name?
6: Yes, it is Celine.
2: Okay, Celine, how may I help you today?
6: Uh, Well, I will ask my questions, and then if you need more detail, um, I can certainly provide them. Um, Okay. So my husband and I are currently separated. He moved out around March 1st, and every time I see him, he is always, two things, he's always bringing up something he did or I did, you know, something that we've done wrong in the past.
1: Um, mm-hmm. And,
6: you know, I can't even tell you how many times I've apologized and how I've acknowledged, you know, the hurt that I caused and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But he's still, Let me ask a question to... right
2: there, Celine, if I may. Mm-hmm. Quick question. The same thing, apologizing for the same thing over and over, or is it always something new he brings up?
6: It's usually some type of different, uh, action that took place either by me or him or something that I said or he did or I said or he said in the past um, that would make him feel all of this pain that he's feeling. Um, okay. So it's usually right. it, it's usually a different thing, um, but he just did it again on Thursday when he was over. So, um, so I don't mm-hmm. know how to, like, I'm really trying to use some of the smart contact, talk about business items, and, you know, I – You know, just try to be normal, talk about politics, be upbeat, but he's constantly bringing up these things all of the time. And in addition to that, every time he sees me or talks to me, he literally acts like he's, he's dying a thousand deaths. Like, seriously, he's, it's just. I, I can't even talk to him about politics. When he responds to me, he literally acts like he's in pain. And I, I just don't know how to move past that. But then the other thing that he does, which is my second question, is he uses my pies against me. Oh, that's, that's really a bad term. Um, he's not using them against me, but for lack of a better term. Um, he's, whenever he sees me doing really well, he'll just say, well, that's really great. See, I told you, you can get. Along without me just fine so I can continue this operation. So I Mm. never expected that kind of a result from the pies. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. So those are basically my two questions.
2: Okay. So the first, do you think he's accomplishing anything for his own emotions by bringing these things up or is he doing this in your opinion, primarily just to hurt you or to convince himself that he shouldn't be with you?
6: Um, I don't think he's doing it to hurt me. In fact, he he does. He's still taking care of the finances. He helps me around the house. And and, I mean, he's just he's very good about it. He doesn't want to hurt me any more than he already has. Um, But I think this is his way of dealing with the pain and using it as the excuse. That's another for lack of a better term. He's using it as an excuse not to come back to me.
2: Okay. So he's using it. I just heard you say he's using it for two things. One is to deal with his hurt. That's actually a good thing. Mm -hmm. But the second Mm -hmm. is to convince himself that he shouldn't be with you. That's two different purposes. Mm -hmm. Which one of those Mm -hmm. do you think is the stronger?
6: I honestly, I am not sure. I know he's going to his own therapy to try and deal, you know, with some of the abandonment Mm -hmm. issues he brought into the marriage from childhood. Um, you know, but I, I honestly don't know. I, I think maybe it is a combination of both. I mean he kinda has this duality about him. He I know he still cares about me but he keeps telling me he doesn't think he's ever gonna come back. Um you know, which is uh, nothing I knew I haven't heard before, but you know, he still constantly brings all of this up and I, I think he's trying to to use it as the excuse to continue the separation. Um
1: mm-hmm.
6: But I don't really know how much of that is one that he really has to deal with his own pain that he's feeling mm-hmm. and how much of it really has to do with me. I will, maybe this will help. I, he did tell me maybe um, about a month ago that he trusted two people in this world not to hurt him, me and his mother. And I'm the only person he ever let in. And I hurt him. And did so you, it, that's a did thing you really hurt him, or do you, you think
2: it. are you listening to this thinking I don't get it, or do you think that you actually did hurt him for real
6: i I think I did I mean I went through for uh, other reasons I went through a big depression, and when I was unavailable for him, he really it really triggered these abandonment issues from his childhood, and mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I wasn't there for him, and i wasn't loving him the way that he needed to be loved. And, so,
7: and
8: how long you know, ago that? that?
6: Basically, let me see. The depression lasted for maybe about um, two years, and I started to get better, but by then he, he was already thinking about leaving. Now, the depression, I think, was from 2016 to 2018, but by then he was already thinking about leaving.
2: Okay. A couple of suggestions, if I may. And, and these are suggestions. You know, I don't know everything. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. going to basically, a lot of experience with a lot of people. One is if he really feels the need to say those things to you, then if, if you can handle it, then it can be positive for you to listen. But rather than continually apologizing, because if you continually apologize, like, I'm sorry, I did this. I'm sorry. I did that. And and you do it over and over again, it kind of reinforces to the other person that whatever they're thinking or feeling is correct. And so once you have apologized, once you've said, you know, I know I wasn't there for you. I'm very sorry. Then, then I recommend that that not become a repetitive kind of thing. Even if it brings up a different situation, my guess is uh, my guess is that a lot of the apologies are very similar. And so, mm-hmm. somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line, I would recommend. Now, this is a suggestion; you have to make your own decisions. Mm-hmm. But my suggestion would be somewhere along the line you say, "I'm listening. I really want to understand." And and uh, as I've said before, I'm sorry that happened. And then you don't go any further. You don't do it again.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, keep apologizing because, as I just said, without realizing it, you can wind up affirming whatever he's thinking. And so the apology, mm-hmm. and then after that, you're understanding, you're compassionate, you're strong, but but you don't. Um, boy, I'm about to use a country illustration. We can, may I? Mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> okay, yeah, I grew
2: up in the country. You know, when when one dog feels overwhelmed by the other and just rolls over and exposes his belly. Then the other dog knows um, everything I felt about you is right. You are inferior to me. And that's often when the other dog just walks away in contempt. It's similar to that. Yeah. If you keep apologizing okay. over and over, it, it likely, very likely can develop contempt. Yeah, I was right. You're terrible. Mm-hmm. And so listening, understanding, very positive, very powerful. Mm-hmm. But but now that you have apologized and, and amply, mm-hmm. You you now listen with calm strength, like, yes, you know, I Mm -hmm. understand that. I see that now. You don't always have to say, as I've said before, I'm sorry. You can say, yes, I see that now. I understand that now. And that indicates strength on your part. You've already said you're sorry, and that's important. But now strength, like I'm really understanding, and hopefully begin to change that view of you. And so Mm -hmm. listening, as long as you can, without it tearing you apart, because that becomes a different Mm -hmm. thing. Okay. Mm-hmm,
5: Listen mm-hmm.
2: but with strength. Calm, mm-hmm. compassionate strength. That's the key here. Now if we move over to the pies thing for a second, him saying, Okay, that just proves that you will be fine without me, that's very typical for somebody to say again, if the person's looking for an excuse anyway. My recommendation mm-hmm. is ignore that. Just pay no attention to okay. it at all. Because you are becoming the best you that you can be. And if he says to you well, that just proves that you don't need me. Your response, if you want to make a response at all, either you can just smile and keep going. If you make a response, you could be, you know, you're right in the sense that I can function in life without you. But that's not the question here. The question here is I love you and I want you. And then don't argue, don't explain further. And so mm-hmm. anytime he says I don't need you, go, you're right. I'm a functioning adult. I can make a true life. But that's not the question. I love you. Mm-hmm. I want to be with you. And that just negates mm-hmm. that argument like crazy. Okay. Don't stop working on those pies. <laughs> I strongly <laughs> recommend you keep coming the best as you can be. So it's calm strength that you're looking for here with compassion, but calm strength. So mm-hmm. if anything works, that's what's going to work. Okay.
6: Great. Thank you so much. You're very helpful.
2: Okay. Thank you. All right. Now we're going to move on. We're going to go down to California. And we're going to talk to Bob. Hi Bob. How are you today?
5: Good afternoon or good morning. Hey, Doctor. My <laughs> in is,
2: yeah, here in Tennessee is here in Tennessee is afternoon. I'm sure it's still morning over there in California. How may I help you, Bob? Yes.
5: Well, um, my uh, listening to that last call was really helpful to me because I realized some of the mistakes I've made. Um, hmm. My wife left me in August, and my first reaction was to look at myself and figure out all the things that I had done wrong to contribute to. The, her leaving. And mm-hmm. a lot of it was blaming myself for shortcomings. Mm-hmm. And I realize now that I should not have focused so much on what I had done. But, you know, and she always said, I don't want to give you a laundry list of things to fix, because then you'll just fix them. And then it's not really about that is what she
2: said. But anyway, mm-hmm.
5: my my issue is separate from
2: that. for, for Bob, that. just for a second. Just for a second. What do you think she means when she says, and that's not what it's about? What do you think it is about?
5: Uh, I think she didn't want to – she had already made up her mind. At one mm-hmm. point, she said she'd been thinking about this for two years and had made up her mind to go when the time was right and didn't want to give me any idea that I could fix things. I think that's okay. what it was and, about. And why?
2: Why did she want to go, my friend?
5: Uh, well, the truth is she was distracted by someone else. Okay. But I didn't know that. I didn't know that for a long time. All the mm-hmm. probably four or five months I was doing my self-evaluation, she was seeing somebody else, and I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. So Got gotcha. you. I think that gave her ammunition to affirm her choice of leaving was I'm saying, Oh, I did this. And I felt bad and I was wrong here. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah. So in the meantime, I've been working on my pies and marriage helper has been great. This, the website and the information you provide has been very helpful to me. Thank Uh, you. Get my head screwed on straight and figure out a plan. And uh, there's more things I want to dive into on the site as well, but I've been working on my pies with great vigor. So that's good. A good thing. But my question is, she all this time has never admitted her affair, and mm-hmm. I know it. I went against your advice and snoop, and because <laughs> I had to know. I she was trying to gaslight me. I knew there was something, but I I needed to know. But she won't ever admit it. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. how important is that for me, or for her to do, so that we can move forward or I mean I the way I see her plan is that she has this affair and she has filed divorce papers on me and she's waiting for the divorce to happen and then once that's complete then maybe she'll uh, be public about her brand new relationship with this guy and it won't Mm -hmm. be an illicit thing so if I interrupt that plan will that help me knock her out of limerence and knock her off her feet a little bit and maybe be able to reevaluate her choices and maybe move back on a path with me.
2: Mm-hmm. Probably not. No, I know that's not what you want to hear. And I'm so sorry. I don't want to cause you any more pain, my friend. But if I'm about it, if if you bring it up this is how i know now this is what we see happen most of the time you said you found it by snooping if she pushes you to find out how you know and you finally concede okay I, I found out because i'd snooped then what we see happen the vast vast majority of the time is that it doesn't then become about what she's doing it becomes about you Violating her privacy. Now, I've seen exceptions to that, so I'm not saying it happens 100% of the time, but that's usually how it works. The other thing is this. Now, you told me she moved out in August. Is that what you said? Yes. Is she living with somebody? No. Okay, so she's totally alone. Do you guys have children?
5: We do, uh, 12 and 14. And we and share where
2: are they? 52. Okay, if so
5: they're 52.
2: Right. Pop, here's my my opinion, and you know, always, as we tell people, it's your life. You've got to make your own decision. I can't make it for you, but let me tell you what I think here, and I'm basing it not just on speculation, but on the fact that, you know, we've worked with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of couples, and this is what I recommend that you at least think about. If you were to get to the point at some point where that you actually have the potential of reconciliation and start into a reconciliation process, then there'll come a time when it is important that she'll admit to what she did. But I'm I'm curious as to what that would do now. You say maybe it'll bring her to her senses. Maybe it'll bring her back. You know her a lot better than I do. But my question is why? If she knows that you know about the affair, why would that change anything that she's doing or thinking?
5: Well, she, I'm hoping, I mean, she's a very Christian person. She attends church mm-hmm. every week. She's had Bible studies at the house here. She brings people to Christ as often as she can. And so this is all counter to who she was. And I'm <laughs> hoping that maybe some external examination of her behaviors will make her do some internal examination of her behaviors. Like if people know, she'll she'll go, oh, wait, <laughs> what am I doing? You're right. Sort of a thing, you know, snap her out of it.
2: And if you were a betting man and had to place odds on her reaction being that, what would you guess? I would have bet
5: big that I would never have been in this. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm so sorry. Mom. I would have I lost you.
5: that. that uh, I would have well, been millions. I'm happy that you still have a all, sense but... of
2: humor. But what would, you, what would you think the odds are if you confront her and say, I have evidence that you're in an affair? What do you think are the odds that that would actually lead her to do the things that you just speculated that you hoped she would do?
5: Well, to make a bet, you have to have some some background or some knowledge about what you're betting on. And I really – I've never been in this position before, so right. I really don't have know any her. idea.
2: Yeah. well, if, I used if that's to know the case. her. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I understand.
5: I used to know her, but I don't know her at all now.
2: Just on this, my friend. If you decide that you want to confront her about it, you're taking a risk. Now, if you think that risk is worth taking – that's your decision, not mine it's It would sound to me, and I'm just speculating because I don't know you. I don't know her. I certainly don't know whoever she's involved with. By the way, one quick question, is she still going to church?
5: I believe so, yeah, she streamed the service yesterday, so hmm. I assume so.
2: It's amazing how that people can compartmentalize think these things. It's just absolutely amazing but
5: I think here's the
2: thing. here's my yeah, here's my bottom line answer. If at some point you begin a reconciliation process, somewhere in that process, her admitting it, yes, that's very important. As to whether that's going to help you right now or not, I can't say that it will. But at the same time, everybody's different. Everybody's unique. Just evaluate the risk, my friend. I mean, truly evaluate the risk and decide whether or not, because if it pushes you for her further away from you, and also, I don't know California law, but if she's pushing for a divorce, you might want to tell, you know, and you wind up the legal system with an attorney. It probably will be wise that you tell your attorney about her affair. I don't know how that affects things in California. It's different in every state. But I think that if you have to do things legally, the more your attorney knows, the better off you're going to be. And then he or she can guide you legally. But my suggestion right now, my friend, my suggestion right now is... Uh, be very careful if you decide to confront her about this. Actually, stop and ask yourself, okay, what, do, what might her reactions be? You might want to write them down. Okay, here's reaction A, here's reaction B, here's reaction C. Or, if there's only A and B, that's fine too. Just write those things down. And then you look at that and go, hmm, am I willing to risk it for that? Am I? Okay, now we're going to go over to Nevada. I don't know what that sound was, but I turned it off very quickly. <laughs> I hope this, this uh, Miguel in Nevada is not drowning because that sounded like it. Let's go back over here. Try it again. Miguel, are you there? Hi,
8: Dr. Bim. Good morning. Well, yes.
2: I, that, yeah, that, that sound threw me. I didn't know what that was. <laughs>
8: Sorry, I was flushing the toilet. I just, I was cleaning it. <laughs> I wasn't using it. I was cleaning it and it happened to flush it, it? <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> How are you doing today? Oh, I'm trying to regain control. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my I've never had that happen to me, but hey, when you're doing a live on the internet, you never know what's going to happen next, right? How may I help you, my friend? <laughs>
8: Well, um, it's a long story. I'm, I'm going to try to make it as short, short okay. as possible. Um, i married 23 years. We have four mm-hmm. kids. And um, I caught my wife uh, cheating with another man
5: mm-hmm. um,
8: after I was rejected for about three months.
5: Mm-hmm.
8: Um, and I approached her. Um, I told her. And uh, she said she was sorry, but she was blatant. Mm-hmm. Myself for everything she did. Um, She promised me we were going to work things out and she was going to stop seeing this guy.
5: And then um,
8: I caught her three times again Mm. after that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I decided uh, for those three months, I was begging, pleading, and, uh, you know, trying to convince her to fix her relation after I caught her the third time. And uh, she was so stubborn. She wasn't listening to me, she was a total different person. And mm-hmm. uh we finally got divorced. Uh we got divorced because she wanted the money. Uh she wanted money of uh, of the house to move out. Mm-hmm. Uh which I had to be, to put I filed for the divorce to give her the money because she wanted the money without the divorce. She didn't want to get divorced. Um I saw a lawyer and they told me that the best thing to give her the money was to get the divorce. So I don't okay, know if
2: that, so that was how long, how, long have you been divorced? how long have you been divorced, my friend?
8: Uh, since August last year.
2: Okay, August of last year. And so what's happening now?
8: Well, um I decided not to talk to her. I I uh, well, after I decided I talked to her once and I was like, you know what? Cuz he was hurting my feelings a lot. I I, I looked mm-hmm. for some help. And uh, I, I was under a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. I did a lot of wrong decisions. I made a lot of wrong decisions. So mm-hmm. I finally stepped, uh, decided to step away from the relation as well. And I told her, the door is open. Um, if you ever want to consider, you know, putting back uh, things back together, you know, I'm here. But I'm not going to reach out to you anymore. And mm-hmm. I'm kind like I did uh, zero contact. And uh, now she's reaching back to me um, in a way where like she went, to friend zone me. I think, uh, she called me to do repairs on her house and, mm-hmm. Oh, I need this. Can you mow the la- the lawn for me and stuff like that. But he wasn't so the working reaching out, for and, me.
2: So the reaching out is not anything about your relationship. It's just to get you to do things for her. Is that what you're saying?
8: That's correct. That's correct. Do you, do and, you feel uh, like
2: he's trying to restore relationship with you?
8: I don't think so. I don't. We, we saw each other about four weeks ago to discuss a couple of things about the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if she's still seeing this guy or not, but uh, mm-hmm. we went and had a coffee and we discussed about the uh, the kids. We fixed about their vacation and everything, but she never mentioned nothing about ourselves. I didn't either. And I just say, okay, we're done. And I walk away. But uh, in the last two weeks, it seems like. Well, she's just trying to reach out for little things, like, you know, those flowers you have in your backyard, you think you can give me one, I need it, and stuff like that. So I really so don't know. So you think
2: she actually may to... be trying to open up a relationship? Is that what you're saying? Because you think she may be trying to develop a relationship with you again?
8: Um, well, I, that's the thing. I don't know if that's what she wants or if she wants to just keep me there. For a while okay. until she determines or decides what to do with the other man. if she So
2: how do you now, feel that tell you? Something. you?
8: Look, before the divorce, a lot of changes came to her life. She was in the house for 15 years, not working. She finally graduated as a registered nurse. She started mm-hmm. working. She started, uh, you know, she bought the house with the money. We got some from, from my house here.
5: And, mm-hmm. you know,
8: that's why I think she don't want to come back to me. All these changes to her, like it's a new life for her. So I don't know where I'm standing as far as she reaching trying okay. to reach out to me. So when you talking. do these
2: things for her, when you go over and mow the grass or whatever, how do you feel? Excuse me? So if, when she asks you to come do something and you go and do it, how do you feel when you're doing it?
8: It hurts a lot. It hurts okay, a so lot the way and I don't
2: So you feel you're being taken advantage of? Yes. Okay. All right. I understand that. That makes sense. Obviously, Miguel, it's your choice. It's your choice as to what you do. And if you don't want to respond to those things, then don't. I think there's probably more going on here, though. And I'm, I'm sure you think about these things. My guess is why you still do it, because of your kids. And it's like, okay, if I'm doing things to help out over there, I'm also in that sense doing things for my kids. And, and if you feel good about it in that sense, OK, whatever she's trying to do or not do, it's irrelevant to me. At least I'm doing something nice for somebody, even for her. And that's who I am. I'm a guy that does things for people. I help people. I care about people. And I certainly care about my kids. And so I'm going to be doing this. If you do that then, then and, and you felt OK about it, I would be asking you, well, why would you stop? if you're doing it and feeling okay about it, but you just tell me you don't, you feel taken advantage of. And if that's the case, here was what I would recommend. Now you do what you think is best, Miguel, but here's what I would suggest that you have a conversation with her in person. This is one that shouldn't be done over text, not by email and probably not even by phone, because if you're actually sitting and looking at each other, so go to some coffee shop and sit down and have a cup of coffee together, look at each other and just tell her "I'm, I'm happy to help. I really am, except for the fact that I feel that I'm being used. And, and I'm not saying that that's your intent. I'm not accusing you of that, of of trying to manipulate me. I'm just wanting you to understand how I feel. I feel used. And if, if you want me to continue doing things, then help me get past that. And then listen listen to what she has to say. And if she says, well, that's how you feel. Don't do it anymore. And she walks out the door. Melanne well, answers the question for him. If she says, no, I'm not using you. And so you can say, you know, why, why are you asking me to do these things? You, you know, I'm a good guy. You know, I like to help. But my question is why, why are you asking me to come do these things for you? And you may just find out, Miguel, you may find out that she really is subtly trying to rebuild a relationship with you. Of course, there's also the possibility you may find out that she is using you. And if she is using you, my recommendation would be don't let her do that anymore. But if, if, if you discover in this conversation with her that she really is gradually exploring the possibility of reconciling with you, that's a totally different situation. And if you have any openness to that, then keep doing it. If you have no openness to that, then don't go back and do anything else for it and just say that's not going to happen. It's totally up to you, my friend. You are the one in the driver's seat here. And remember this, and I'm saying this to everybody who's out there, nobody can make you, nobody can make you feel anything. What you feel comes within you. And if you don't like the things that they're doing that lead you to feel certain things, then stop doing those things. Don't let that happen. Okay. But that's totally up to you. It's your question. All right. Now we're going to go over to Georgia. Come to the Southeast here and talk to, is it Moon Moon?
1: Yes, it is Moon Moon. Yes, like the uh, moon in the sky. Thank oh, you for taking my call. Thank you. I'm sorry? Thank you. Um, uh, thank you for taking my call.
2: Okay. How may I help you?
1: Yes. Um, I don't know how to kind of act towards my husband. He has moved back into the house because of the virus. Um, he has told me multiple times that um, I have hurt him, and he's a very sensitive person, um, you know, very easily hurt. And I was busy working, and I have apologized many, many times. Um, but now I feel he's involved with someone. I have found evidence of that. Um, based on your past calls, I know that I shouldn't confront him, because I think the reaction will be negative. Mm-hmm. But. Um, he got kind of intoxicated uh, this past weekend and said he doesn't want to go through the divorce. But then he also said, you are going to be the same person, even though I've seen some changes in you in the last month. And I didn't respond because I felt he was uh, you know, not sober. And if I say something, it's not going to make any effect. But I feel he's going to say this again to me and also, um, he has been intimate with me, and I don't know if um, I should be uh, encouraging that. And also, um, if I should ask him uh, directly if he wants to reconcile, I'm willing to do that or just um, let it be, let things be, because he does say that he One, he has already filed for divorce back in February, so it's postponed because of the virus. Excuse me. Um, Did I give you my question?
2: I think so. Are you asking? Okay. One was about the intimacy, about making love with him. And another was about should you confront him about what he's done? I heard two questions. Is that correct?
1: Yes, and if he wants to reconcile or not. And I okay. feel he's not ready yet. I, I don't know what signs I will see in him.
2: Okay, he probably is not mm-hmm. ready to reconcile. That's I, Of course, I can't tell you that for sure because I don't know him, but I'm telling you that it doesn't mm-hmm. sound like he's ready to reconcile. But understand that reconciliation can be a pretty drawn-out kind of process. Uh, The illustration I often use is that reconciliation is not like jumping into the deep end of the pool and swimming. It's more like wading into the pool from the shallow end. And sometimes it's three steps forward, two steps back, forward to the side, then another step forward, because you're you're just trying to figure out if you're going to fix a lot of things here. So I wouldn't call what's happening with you true reconciliation, but the fact that he wants to make love to you. Why do you think? Is it just that he wants sexual relief or do you think it's more than that?
1: Um, I felt it was more than that. It was almost like um, it happened the same night that he was intoxicated. And it was almost like he, the way he sounded, that he's sad to go through with this divorce. And he said, I really don't want this divorce. And uh, the response I had was, you don't have to go through with this. We don't have to. And then Mm -hmm. he said, but you are going to be the same person, meaning I'll hurt him again, even though... I have stopped, you know, uh, making any kind of comments, being critical. I have really held my tongue, and I want to be that way. And I've been working on my pies. And I just, um, but one thing, he takes lunches that I prepare for him, but he doesn't say thank you for anything anymore, even though these are things I'm doing for him, like going to the grocery store, Um, you know, doing things for him. I know he is taking those things, you know, from me. It's kind of like your past caller. And I feel like, is he using me or does he have feelings for me? And I'm in this limbo and he's still sleeping in the guest room. um, Mm -hmm. And I just um, kind of don't know (laughs) how to read Mm -hmm. his signals, you know.
2: Okay. Well, they sound confusing and I sure get that the great, you know, he's giving you confusing Sometimes Let me give you a couple of things to think about if I may. <clears throat> Number one, when it comes to confrontation, it's always, always about what do you expect to accomplish? And if you think it's probably going to accomplish something very different than what you want, my suggestion always is then, then it's not time to do it. And so that's what I would say about the confrontation. To only confront when you think it's going to accomplish something that you hope would happen and when you're in that, you are willing to take the consequences because the consequences might be very different. And when it comes to the intimacy, the the fact that you're making love with each other, a couple of different things going on there. The reason I ask you, if you felt that there was more to it than him just seeking sexual release, and you said, yes, you felt so. It's kind of, it's not impossible by any means, but, but it's kind of difficult to hide your true emotions when you're truly making love to somebody. I mean, if it's just sex, it becomes just that you can tell the other person's not involved or not committed that they're just looking for some kind of a sexual release. All right. If it's just sex, but if it's more than that, if there's tenderness, if there's touching, if there's kissing, if there's paying attention to you and trying to fulfill you, then it probably indicates that it's more than just about sex. You know, there's no saying that there are certain things that you can always know that what they say, they're telling what they really feel and that would be like children and people who are drunk. Now, so, therefore, him telling you that when he 's drunk is probably deep down inside of him now, the conscious self, the uninebriated the sober him may not be recognizing that that he really doesn 't want to do the divorce but but deep inside that 's there, or it wouldn 't have come out. The drunkenness you know you did away with some inhibitions, and he told you what he felt now. My suggestion would be, since you said he's a sensitive guy, if he says, but I know that you'll hurt me again, don't tell him, no, no, I'll never hurt you again, because nobody believes that. I mean, we all know that human beings occasionally do things that are not smart, and sometimes things that hurt. And so if he says, I I can see some changes in you, but I know that someday you'll hurt me again, here's what I recommend that you do in response. You look at him and go, you know, it's possible. I am human, and, and I'm not perfect. But I'm growing, I'm developing, I'm becoming a much better me than I've ever been before. And if I were to hurt you, slip up and hurt you, I can guarantee you this. As soon as I realize that's what's happening, I'll correct it, I'll fix it, because my desire is not to hurt you. My desire is to love you and, and to be your companion. So don't promise him you won't. Just tell him, Yeah, it's possible, I'm human. But when it happens can't you see that I've grown this much in the last month? I'll continue to grow the rest of my, life and a mess of my life, and I hope that we do that together. And if you feel that when he's making love to you, there's true intimacy, it's not just sex. <clears throat> obviously, it's your choice as to whether you do that or not. But if you feel that he's really emotionally connecting with you, like Israel, intimacy— And there are a lot of pros that can come from that, a lot of advantages, one of which, when any human being orgasms, that's either male or female, this chemical called oxytocin is released into the body in two ways. One into the autonomic nervous system and the other into the bloodstream as a hormone. And this chemical, oxytocin, is a strong bonding chemical. So if he's really getting into it, it's not just sex and he's making love to you and you're making love to him and you enjoy it, it's actually bonding you more here's the downside. Here's the con. Don't take it that that means that he's definitely going to work things out and stay. In other words, if you're going to get hope out of it, that could potentially be false hope. I'd recommend that you not do that, but it sounds like based on what you're describing, I would recommend suggest that if you enjoy enjoying making love to him, then do that. Okay. Do that. And if, If indeed you feel you should confront him and you know he's a sensitive guy, be very, very careful about that, okay? Please, very careful. And then we're going to move to the country of Canada. We have the U.S., of course, and we've been to India. And then we're going to Canada. Hi, Lucas, are you there?
7: Oh, yep, yep, I'm here. Sorry, let me just take your... Hi, how are you doing today? (laughs)
2: <laughs> I'm overcoming trying to overcome an allergy that's leading into a head cold. How are you, Lucas?
7: Um, I'm doing better than yesterday. I, I hope it's a, only an allergy you got there. <laughs> um so so I guess just to give you a brief it's hard to be brief in this situation because there's a lot of moving parts. Um my My wife suffered from PTSD due to uh, a lot of abuse in her childhood. She's had it since she was 18. She's 25 now. Um, During We've been married for almost two years. Um, We separated a month ago. We were in counseling. A session went pretty poorly. I was being accused of things that I hadn't done. I didn't feel that our counselors were... uh, I guess, impartial, if you could say, Mm -hmm. and I kind of blew up, I kind of blew up and started swearing and cursing. They asked me to leave the room and then they told me when I came back that she had requested to go to a shelter. So they uh, took my daughter, took my wife, took her to the shelter, and then a week later I was served with a restraining order. Um based on false evidence. So just to give you some more background, my wife, since before we were even married, has frequently been, uh, physically abusive towards me. Um, I have never even attempted to restrain her, uh, when she's been doing this. Um, but I have been verbally abusive to her. Um, so when she got the restraining order, she actually stated that I was physically abusive. Um, so you know that's that's just one thing that's been really difficult to deal with. Um, but you know I've been watching your guys, but you know I, I still desperately want to reconcile. If there's any chance of that, um, she hasn't been allowing me to see my daughter. We don't have a parenting agreement yet. Um, and uh, but because of her her past and her mental health issues, you know I'm I'm very inclined to. Uh, understand why she is reacting in this way. You know, at first I was very uh, defensive and hurt. And while I'm still hurt and while I still, you know, want to maintain my innocence um, of these allegations, you know, I, I understand that there's kind of a fight or flight mechanism for people who suffer with PTSD and that they don't always, uh, I guess, interpret reality Accurately, so to speak, um, but basically, I've been watching your guys' videos. I've been, you know, uh, working on my pies, um, but you know, everything to do with smart contact isn't really an option for me um, because I'm not allowed. I'm, I'm not allowed any direct or indirect contact because mm-hmm. of this restraining order. Um, and the whole legal process to get through all of this is very delayed right now because of COVID it's actually not Mm -hmm. going to a hearing until uh, June 19th and I'm debating Mm -hmm. whether I should even fight this emergency protection order Um, I'm of a mind to maybe consent without prejudice you know I'm not guilty of the allegations coming against me but what good does it do me to remove a restraining order from somebody who doesn't want any contact with me I I don't want Mm -hmm. to force Force her to stay in this marriage.
2: Mm-hmm. Do you have an attorney? I do. Okay. And when it comes to the legal things, obviously your attorney would be the best, best source there. But <clears throat> obviously, as you know, it was uh, quite an era to have that uh, temper flare up in front of the counselor. So yes. you, you knew that, right? I mean, you understand that, yes. which makes it even easier for her to do the restraining order, those kinds of things. I understand the great need you have to defend your honor. Like I've never hurt her. I've never touched her. She's touched me. And, but at the same time, You did it. You did say that you had the temper problems and you've been verbally abusive. My recommendation when it comes to the relationship understand, I do not give legal advice in any shape, fashion or form. And even if I did, I wouldn't understand Canadian law, how different from the law here in the state of Tennessee in the USA. My recommendation, my friend, is this you sound like a pretty strong willed individual and that's not necessarily bad, not a bad thing at all. But I think the last thing you said, if, if she, because of her background with PTSD, why should I fight the restraining order? Because if you do, if she winds up feeling controlled, if she finds, winds up feeling manipulated, winds up feeling that somehow you're trying to dominate her, it's probably just going to intensify the feelings that she already has about you, the negative feelings sometimes, sometimes the easiest thing to do, yeah, easy is the wrong word. Sometimes the better course of action would be, okay, I'm going to roll with this punch. I'm not going to fight back. I'm not going to have a difficult time here. I'm just going to be the best B that I can be and hope that with time I get a chance. Because with that restraining order, you're, you're limited dramatically. And I'm sure that you're going to obey the law because if you were to violate that order, things are going to get much, much worse for you. So my recommendation, my friend, of course, you do what you think is best. I would just follow my attorney's advice. I would keep working on me becoming the best me I could be and wait and wait for the opportunity. Pardon me. And now we're going to go to Connecticut, probably uh, one of the last calls of the day. By the way, for all of you who are still listening, you can find a lot of information from us by going to the blog. No, no, not blog talk. we are talking about? Uh, YouTube, <laughs> youtube.com slash marriage helper. And if you go to youtube.com slash marriage helper, marriage helper, one long word, marriage helper, E-R, marriage helper, you'll find hundreds of videos we've done for you there. And also, and by the way, please subscribe. And I'm asking it a little bit selfishly. Here's why. Because of the fact that if you subscribe, it actually helps us with YouTube, and that helps us help more people. So please subscribe when you get there. And also our website, marriagehelper.com, a lot of information there. And now we're going to go to Connecticut and talk to John. John, are you there?
0: Yes, I am, uh, Dr. Beam. Can you hear me?
2: Yes, I can. How may I help you, my friend?
0: Great. Uh, it's actually an honor to speak with you as I've watched some of your videos for a couple of months now, and my own therapist actually met you at a conference in Nashville. He was very impressed with your presentation. I'm going to give you, I'm going to be very succinct. I know time is of the essence. And I'm going <laughs> to give you about one minute of setup to get to my question and a brief follow up okay. because I know how important time is. Okay. okay. Uh, uh, Dr. Beam, my spouse and I live in the same house. Three months ago, she moved out of our bedroom and began going on multiple overnight dates each week with her boyfriend. She filed for divorce last month and intends to leave our 19-year marriage for this person. We don't have any children. Okay, I've mm-hmm. seen your videos on liberance and I recognize she's in stage two. She stays in her home about four to five nights each week, and we get along well. We eat meals together, and we watch about 30 minutes of TV each, uh, together each night. That's the only contact she will allow. Um, we've largely been civil because I followed the principles in uh, Kimberly's smart contact video and the things you've said as well. I'm not begging, whining, pleading and the things you've said. I've also uh, seen your videos on on not giving up too soon and fighting for your marriage. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing my best to stay the course. I was contacted by her affair partner's wife last week and learned much of the affair partner's background and status. He's leaving a 30 plus year marriage and three adult children to pull my wife away. I learned that he's very bent on success and he's very bent on pulling my wife away, which my own therapist previously had theorized was likely the case based on her behaviors. I Hmm. so I have one quick question and one, one quicker Uh, The quick question. The main question is, you know, advice to help my mindset because it's very challenging to watch her do this and stay the course. She's actually increasing her time with the affair partner now because he just closed on a house not far from here and it's more comfortable than the apartment he had. And the hmm. second question is minor, but I've never heard you uh, speak uh, of it anywhere, so I, I know you must have dealt with it. I'm limiting contact with the affair partner's wife. She filed for divorce about two months ago uh, before my wife did, largely to protect herself financially as he's liquidating assets, and she's pretty much given hope hmm. on reconciliation hmm. on that part. But if you have suggestions on how to gently say, you know, thank you for the outreach, but we need to limit contact, I'd, I'd like to hear that. But the number one question is advice to keep the course on my mindset and what you think of what I've just told you.
2: Well, you, you say succinct. It sounds like, if, like as if you had written that out and read it. That's how succinct that is. I'm impressed with that. Okay, a couple of things, my friend. <clears throat> the fact that she's still living with you, is, is that something you're comfortable with?
0: I'll tell you, it's real. some of the nights she's away, I'm more happy because there's not a tension. So there is, hmm. there's definitely tension when she's here because she knows I don't want this divorce.
2: Okay. And the fact that you know that she's going to be with him... You still allow her to live there with you?
0: Well, we 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 really don't have a choice financially. We both are are invested in this in this home and this
2: property. Mm-hmm. No, no, wait a minute. I'd say that one more time. We both are what?
0: We're we're invested. We don't. We neither of us have any place else to live. I guess she could go live with him if she really wanted to, or with her father. But um, we, I don't have any place else to live.
2: OK, I understand. So what I'm what I'm hearing you say is that if she had to leave, you would have to leave as well.
0: Right. We 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 both are. We have a mortgage to pay here, so we're not Neither of us are leaving.
2: I gotcha. OK, I understand. All right. So how do you keep the course during an affair when somebody's hurt you and, and still involved with the other guy? John, that has to do with you, my friend, and it has to do with some level of pain that you can handle. We call it being in the valley. And probably if you go to uh, youtube.com well, I, slash I've seen marriage you help, about the
0: valley. So it's more about, it. I've seen you speak about the valley. You're great <laughs> about it.
2: Okay. I'm not sure where I did the most about it. I think this on YouTube, but it may be someplace else, but basically the valley is this, the valley is when a person your spouse, is what we're talking about. When a person doesn't have mm-hmm. to make a decision. They don't have to do one thing or the other because they have kind of the best of both worlds. We call it the valley because, you know, he is on the other side and you're on this side. And and she has at least, you know, the fact you can live in the same house there and those kinds of things and also be involved with them over there. It's not exactly the valley in every sense we talk about, but we recommend this. When it comes to what you're going to do, if you're going to keep the course, and if the person is kind of in the valley, like, okay, I can live here and those kinds of things, we can watch TV, some, et cetera, then if the person is moving toward you in any shape, fashion, or form, then sometimes allowing the valley to occur can be to your benefit. If the person is not moving toward you in any shape, fashion, or form, then it may not be of value to let the person continue to live in the valley without consequences. Now, in your situation, you say, well, what consequences can I bring to bear? And based on what you described to me a minute ago, it doesn't sound like you had many, but if, right, you, if you believe that she inside is a good person who wants to do the right thing, if you believe that somehow, that she's involved in the situation, this limited relationship and in it is not being the person that she really truly is. And that that good person inside of her is worth rescuing. Then that if you want to stay the course, I recommend that's what you keep thinking about. You keep thinking about, okay, the person in there is worth rescuing. And if I do certain things, I decrease the likelihood of rescuing this marriage. If I do other things, I increase the likelihood of saving this marriage. And so working on yourself, you know physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, those things, those increase the likelihood that somehow, some way, you can put this thing back together. Now, as to the other spouse, <clears throat> the woman contacting you, how is it affecting you?: It
0: stresses me out quite honestly,
2: okay, So there's really no value to you there other than you being a nice guy to her. Is that right?
0: that 's correct, I mean, I did get some valuable information she 's also a Christian and gave me you know some some tips she, she believes very strongly that God could put a marriage back together. It sounds like she 's kind of given up on hers, but she recognizes that I am and i 'm doing what what you in between the lines, just said is is my wife a good person doing a bad thing or a bad person doing a bad thing? And I completely agree with what you advise. She is a good person doing a bad thing. And she's also with a, a person who, based on his wife's description, may not exactly be a good person. He, she gave me great detail in a multi-hour conversation mm-hmm. of what he's all
2: about. Of course, as you understand, since you've studied this a lot, the fact that she's in Limerick, she will not be able to see that he's not a good person, at least not yet. You understand right. that, right? Yes. But if indeed, if indeed your analysis is correct and she is in phase two of limerence, then phase three is coming. OK, I, I can't tell you when or how, but it's coming. And it's, it's after a person gets into phase three. And by the way, John, they'll go into it then back into phase two, into it, back into phase two. You know, they vacillate a lot. But once they get a little bit further down into phase three, then that goes away. That halo effect ceases to exist. And that's when she'll see the flaws in him. And if she's really a good person and she finally can see that he really isn't, that's actually a good thing. Then it becomes a matter of will she want to come back and be with you. Because even when that an affair ends, the person sometimes will just keep going because they've so convinced themselves by vilifying you that you're a bad person. They don't want to come back. But what I'm hearing you describe here, John, I'm pretty impressed with you guys living in the same house. You're being cordial. You're having some interactions with each other and if you just keep working on you being the best person you can be, I think that that gives you a a leg up if you continue to live like that. Now, obviously based on what you said earlier, financially, you may have no choice, but in there, how you act, who you are, what you're doing, you do have a choice over that. So, That's, I think, how you keep the course. You keep looking. I'm becoming the best me I can be. And no matter how this thing turns out, my future is going to be better. And hopefully it'll turn out the way I want. But no matter how it turns out, my future is going to be better because I'm becoming a better person. And the second question about how to deal with her, interact with her, if it's actually causing you emotional damage, John, you sound like a really nice guy. You sound like a very intelligent guy. And I can understand you're like, well, you know, she needs somebody to talk to. I'll be here for her. But John you didn't actually sign up for that. (laughs) What I mean is that you may not even be the best person for her to be talking to because whatever you say and however you say it, you don't know how she's hearing it and what she's going to do with it. And it actually could cause some damage to your cause of trying to put your marriage back together based on what she says to her husband and et cetera, et cetera. So my recommendation there would be you know i'm afraid that uh well you can just be honest with her you can just say i'm so stressed out about this thing i really understand how you feel i feel the same way but the stress is just too much for me i hope you understand that you can be that direct and that honest as a matter of fact i think that's the kind of thing you will i'll start to give you another suggestion but you're you're kind of a straightforward honest guy aren't you
0: yes i am sir
2: yeah and I, that's how i, I would certainly do it yeah okay, yeah you can tell um, that john I'm impressed with you, well, young man.
0: Thank you, because I, I'm very I, it's an honor to speak with you, honestly, Dr. Beam. I've watched your videos. My therapist concurred that he,
2: he's, he's been telling me the
0: same things that you have, only your videos help reinforce it. I have been working on my pies. I have been doing Good. all the things that you and, and Kimberly's videos have suggested, and it was the, the, probably one of the highlights of my week to be able to talk to you and hear your thoughts on my situation. I can't thank you enough.
2: Well, John, thank you, and, and uh, my, my prayers are with you, my friend. Okay?
0: Thank you very much, sir.
2: Okay. Thank you. Okay. We have run out of time for today and we will be back here next week. Don't forget to go to marriagehelper.com. We, by the way, you need to know, we are now doing our, our intensive workshop online. And if if you would like to be part of that, you can contact us at marriagehelper.com. Also, for the first time in history, we are doing our intensive three-day weekend for People, when their spouse won't attend, we've never done that before. And so if you would like to be part of it, then you can contact us again, marriagehelper.com and say, I want to go to the workshop. And that's only the online version for the individual spouse. And if you'd like to be part of that, our client representatives can help you understand that and you can actually enroll in and attend our workshop online, even if your spouse won't do it. And so we have some weekends that are just for couples, and then we're establishing weekends that are just for the individual spouse when the other one does not want to participate. Find all that out at marriagehelper.com. You can find that there. Thank you, and I intend to see you next week.